1: Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn on this President's Day. Hope you're doing well. If you have the holiday, hope you're enjoying it. If not, hope your day is going all right. Craig Wayne and Jeff Howe, our producer, Cam Parker alongside as well. I got the chance to meet Cam's dad yesterday. He's out at the women's basketball game. Was that just something you've been planning for a while, or was it like, hey, why don't you come on out to the game?
2: No, he was working down around campus, Bass uh, Concert Hall. Yeah. And he was like, hey, the women's are playing, right? And I was like, yeah. Come on down. I know he's an avid poster, apparently, on the Horns two four seven message board. Yep, so. he's on the flagship message board. Cam's dad outed himself. It's like, oh, my son Cameron Parker's producer mm-hmm. of Light the Tower. I'm like, well, yeah, no, probably wouldn't have just <laughs> given myself up like that.
1: But <laughs> to each their own. Good dude. seemed seem to enjoy the game. Yeah, yesterday. he he loves he loves watching Vic Shaver's teams play. Yeah, yeah, with that intensity. By the way, which reminds me, Wednesday night is our second. Special edition of Longhorn Weekly with Vic Schaefer out at Pluckers. So we'll be out there on Wednesday evening, 6.30. It's a 6.30 to 7.30 show. uh, And it'll be uh, heard on 105.3 The Bat. I hope you can come on out. We had a great crowd last time. Also visited with Rory Harmon and uh, Taylor Jones. And we'll probably have a couple other players out there again uh, this week and talk some basketball. And we'll talk early reveal stuff because uh, just as we mentioned last hour, the early reveal uh, for the NCAA tournament selection committee, and for those of you who don't know what that is, uh, I think. Well, would it be safe to say, Jeff, it's the basketball version of the college football playoff rankings, basically. Yeah. The, er, the early reveal, yeah, because you get a look at what the at what the tournament selection committee would do if uh, where they would have everything ready if that were the case. Mm-hmm. They if they where they would have it, and for the men, their first early reveal was last Saturday, and Texas was the number 5 overall seed. In other words, the highest number 2 seed uh, heading down the home stretch of this. So there was that. The women's first early reveal came about a week and a half ago, and Texas was a three seed in that. There's another one coming this week, and I think there'll be a three or a four. They have lost one game since then, but it was at Iowa State, and that loss is aging well, especially with Iowa State beating Baylor on Saturday in Waco. So I don't think they'll be any lower than a four. and may still be holding their seat as a three, and that would be. So we'll talk about some of that uh, as well with Vic Schaefer. W- women's tournament still campus sites first and second round? Yes, it okay. is. And that's why I say this reveal thing is is really crucial for the Texas women because you really want to be one of those top 16. If you finish as a top four seed in one of those four regions – you really want to be a top 16, and if you can, that means you're playing first and second round at home. So, by the way, we have that uh, Rory Harmon, uh, let's let's listen to this. This was after the game yesterday. Uh, Rory had 16 points, six rebounds, six assists. Uh, they, uh, Hadisha Fai had a, a double-double. Uh, they they had very balanced uh, attack as well, and uh, this was the uh, conversation we have with Rory Harmon, the Longhorns point guard, after the 74-48 win for Texas over West Virginia yesterday. You come off a game where it was really physical at Iowa State. How how much of a uh, of an initiative was it to be physical today? Because you guys looked at physical not only inside but even on the perimeter as well.
3: I mean, he's always talking about getting paid points and I don't I don't feel like we've been getting enough of the pain points. It's just being aggressive on the outside and getting to the line like we did. I mean we were knocking them down today at the free throw line, so that's just something that we need to continue to do.
1: Yeah, that I mean you were on a roll today from the foul line as well, and I know you're a much better free throw shooter than the number would say. Was there any something anything in specific that you did that all of a sudden has got the free throws flowing back in for you now?
3: No, I've always been, I've always been a pretty decent free throw shooter. I just I guess just going downhill for some reason, but I've blocked in been focused shooting about 50 to 100 a day um, just making sure that i'm able to get online because the ball's going to be with <laughs> the ball's going to be in my hand at the end of the game so i mean being able to knock those free throws down when somebody's fouling me i just that's something i have to focus on
1: how uh, much now first of all you had some time between the monday game and this how Important was that to get a couple of days off for everybody, to kind of rest up the body and mind a little bit?
3: Oh, that was probably the best week of my life here at <laughs> UT. Um, <laughs> just being able to, like, have a couple off days. He uh, he gave us a couple off days, and I, I mean, I take those off days serious, make sure I'm getting the treatment and uh, recovery and just. I mean, coming back and focusing on that, we still have games to play. But we, we got our rest. Now it's time to play.
1: Yeah, and, and since you don't have a midweek game, I guess you have one more day of rest the day off tomorrow. And yeah. then it's the big battle for first place with Oklahoma. How much do you look forward to going on the road to try to, you know, get a stranglehold on winning the conference title?
3: Oh, it's always good to play Oklahoma. I'm a very competitive team. Um, they score so much. So playing defense is going to be another focus like any other game for us. But, I mean, I think it will be good. We just got to walk in like we did today, just – be able to run the team and execute and just get things going
1: yeah that's uh, i did find it funny that she said it might be the best week of my life getting two days off last week and they have another day off today and then they'll they'll be back at it and grinding so uh again we'll uh we'll visit with uh, Vic schaefer wednesday night Uh, at pluckers and that's why i said it's kind of fascinating with this early reveal stuff on the men's side yes great you want to be uh you know a, a a as high a seed as you can be and if you're top four that's great and all that sort of thing uh the difference between being a two and a three might be a little more widespread than being a three or a four they're pretty close uh, even the, a 4 and a 5 yeah. might not be that much separating a 4 or 5 on the men's side. The women's side, it's huge. Because if you're a 4, you're playing at home. If you're a 5, you're on the road. So uh, that's why that's why it's important for them to do that. Uh, cleanup from hour number 1 uh, on the uh, Specs text line, Joe number 2 said, what a great name for a bad dog, Ralphie. That was the, uh, the uh, French Bulldog. And they said, uh, the one other thing I didn't mention in that story, They said, if you have children or pets, probably not a good reason, uh, probably not a good idea to try to adopt that dog, has a history of biting. And it's funny how they say uh, children or pets, you're right about that, but there's regular people. I mean, who wants to be bitten by the dog, right? I
2: feel like some people who adopt animals, though, I feel like a lot of people that do it, the ones that end up taking the dog back, nine times out of ten, at the start, it was a ready-shoot-aim proposition Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um. Uh, somebody mentioned it lies an alkaline solution uh, about that uh, water cremation. Somebody says donate, cremate, dump the ashes in the San Marcos River. No we want to do that? Uh, I like the San Marcos River.
2: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'd want my ashes dumped in the San Marcos River. Can
1: I tell you that? One of my proudest moments as a parent, and I've had many, many. I've been blessed and fortunate, and hope I have a few more. Still got a kid in college, so um, you hear that, Jason? Yeah. But one of my proudest moments as a parent was to see my daughter Julianne do what so many other Texas State students do upon graduation is to head right for the river and jump in in cap and gown.
2: That started right around the time I graduated. Really? in 2009. not. It was kind of a couple rogue students that did it. And now it's just like tradition
1: down there. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of them are jumping in it. She did. She went. Now, what she did was to go inside and change into, I think, a swimsuit underneath. So she wouldn't have her, you know, her. Your good clothes. Their good clothes. Then came out and went with a lot of them and jumped in the river. So she did do that and then went back and changed and, and, and you know, into the decent clothes, the dry clothes and all that stuff afterwards. And that's okay. That's, and y'all right. went to
2: dinner at some establishment in yeah. San Marcus.
1: You know what we did? Uh, San Marcos' was booked. We had a fam we had a deal for about thirty of friends and family at um it was at oh, Buca de Beppo. <laughs> That's what we did because we got a whole room yeah. in there with a and they liked it. And so it worked out. It worked out well. But um, you know, uh, it's. It, I thought that was. I, I like that little tradition there, that jumping in. the fun thing. Somebody else said, "I want my ashes sprinkled all over Auditorium Shores." Back in the day of the memories of the Austin Aqua Fest, the T Bird Festival used to be the spot to hang out. So there you go. Uh, what was the Aqua Fest
2: gimmick? You had the little AquaFest pin. Yeah, people had those pins. Yes, yeah. I
1: remember hearing about that. Uh, so, uh, Daryl says, were you able to catch the end of the Daytona 500? I saw the highlights of Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s uh, victory overtime, double overtime, the longest Daytona 500 in history, a record 212 laps. Um, and, uh, and it's also here's another landmark moment for that race. It was the first Daytona 500 winning team co-owned by a black man and woman. Really? During Black History Month. How about that? Huh. So, uh, JT, cool. JTG Doherty Racing, third win of his career, and that's the first single car team to win the Daytona 500 brothers since the legendary Wood Brothers Racing did it with Trevor Bain back in 2011. So, so yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You know, uh, you know what fascinates
2: me about NASCAR What's is that? the the team drama that can go on the oh, race yeah. the race team drama yeah like i I was reading a story yesterday pre-race about uh basically richard petty not being very happy that jimmy johnson's kind of coming to his operation and started taking over everything yeah yeah there's, so now there's now petty there's heat there's, between jimmy johnson and richard petty yeah
1: yeah there's 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 a lot of that sort of thing uh, Eagle Scouts has had a good friend do that at Texas State. She came up with a compound fracture of the leg. Nice. Yeah, you got to be careful. I, I do remember <laughs> telling Julianne, for when she was walking down, I said, "Pick a deep spot." Yeah, because it's, it's not that deep. No, I said, "Pick a good spot." You don't want to do that. A for Midland is insisting that we give the XFL a shot, Jeff, because he said he had a good time watching it. You a guys shot. are missing out. Y'all should check it out over this weekend.
2: I'm going to give it a shot, but Jericho Sims was in the dunk contest, so that's why I wanted to watch. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I said I'm going to watch some more. Uh, I'm also going to watch the USFL. Uh, nostalgically, if nothing else, to see some of those same team names from back in the day, yeah. the Birmingham Stallions and was it Philadelphia Stars and, and those teams.
2: Tampa Bay Bandits. Yeah,
1: so I'll, I'll do not that. do that if they're
2: a team or not. Yeah. The Michigan Panthers. Yeah,
1: so I, I, I'll i do that. I'll, I'll watch... Some spring football. It's not that I have anything against spring football. I don't. I have nothing against it. I like watching the Longhorns go through spring practices. Got a few got a few Longhorns
2: that. in the XFL. Jacoby Jones, I saw yeah. had a couple of plays for yeah. the Orlando team the other night. Yeah, ben, I, ben Davis is a captain for the San Antonio team.
1: I have nothing against any of that. And I know my. You, you know what my. Uh, I don't really have a favorite team because I haven't watched enough. But I can tell you one of my favorite names is the is the team. Yesterday, St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, you know, that's a cool like name. I did that. Yeah, so uh, I got nothing against that. It's just my schedule is not allowing me to see an awful lot outside of what I need to see. You know, with college basketball, and then obviously calling the games. So, yeah, that's that's it. And then there's now we got college baseball starting, which we haven't we haven't dived well, into Craig's yet. Craig's got
2: to save his TV time for baseball season when the Dodgers are on this
1: summer. Well, that's coming, too. Yeah. Now it's going to even talking about that. Right Major, I was talking about Longhorn baseball. Speaking of Longhorns, real yes. quick,
2: did you see the uh, – so they had the Doak Walker ceremony?
1: Yes, great photos of uh, John yeah, Bianco posted. There's a photo of
2: Bijan, Ricky, Earl, and Deontay Foreman all in the same photo. Very I, cool. I saw somebody post that, that on uh, Twitter. It said, fourth and goal at the one. You've got to give the ball to one of these guys who you giving it to.
1: Everybody's going to say Earl.
2: Probably. Uh, you, you say Earl, but, man – don't I feel like people sleep on just how tough of a runner Ricky was? There's no doubt. It's a blend of speed and power, like we haven't seen very many backs have.
1: And and if and if um the late Cedric Benson had had been around with us, he would have been in that photo as well. I mean, maybe
2: maybe not a better goal line red zone runner That's in what I'm program saying. history. Yeah, than Ced Benson. Yeah,
1: there's something else. That's a good good point there. Um,
2: didn't it crazy? Like it, it seemed like any time you had a short yardage situation or a goal to go, it's like just, just give said the ball and score and get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> Stoner says Jimmy Johnson's in the middle of tearing apart another franchise. Hate to see it there in the racing <laughs> thing there. Uh grip says Craig's an NFL purist. No, 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 not an NFL purist. Definitely not. Uh uh, can we have uh can we have uh, breaking news sounder there uh, for you, Cam? Breaking news sounder coming up here. <laughs> Brand new AP Top 10 men's basketball poll is out. Texas number eight Okay. in the poll. Been in the top 10 all year? Houston's still number one in the country. Texas is number eight in, uh, in uh, the AP, uh, latest AP Top 25 college basketball poll. All right, we need a break. When we come back, we'll have our Flex 30 update. Shocker! The report. Uh, we'll have that in our Flex 30 update. And then, of course, we have our... Bottom of the hour, second hour, Longhorn Notebook. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
1: Yes, this is just your average white band here, uh, Craig and Jeff. Cam here. Uh, We pick up the pieces there. We try to pick up the pieces of the weekend there. Longhorn Baseball certainly trying to pick up the pieces of the weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. But right now, let's jump right in with our Flex 30 update.
0: Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement.
1: Well, it happens. It definitely happens in uh, when you get into the playoffs. Surprises happen. And uh, Cameron Parker, could you have been as surprised as about anybody else? To see the number one team in the state in 6A girls basketball, Austin High, get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs.
2: They looked a little fragile in their by district round games, so I figured at least making it close to state, but second round, that's disappointing for that program.
1: Stunned I I, I was to see uh, that turn out the way it did in uh, the Region 4 playoffs then. in terms of uh, some of the other action, uh, you know, Lake Travis with a win and advancing to the regional quarterfinal round, and uh, they're going to be taking San Antonio taking on San Antonio Clark in the uh, uh, regional quarterfinal round. So, uh, yeah, I know it. I know it surprised some folks uh, to see that happen uh, there, but you know, uh, it happened. They they lost 51 to Cibolo Steel. And, and then and then the other surpriser, I think, also, not so much that Lady Bird Johnson of San Antonio beat Vista Ridge, but they, you know, throttled them, beat them 68-41, beat them by 27 points. So it's an all-San Antonio matchup there on on that side and on the other side as well uh, as they go uh, into uh, those regional quarterfinals this weekend. So that, that guarantees that, uh, you know, the uh, – that the region is going to have at least two teams get into the Sweet 16 there, which is in San Antonio, there. So they'll they'll have uh, they'll have that as possible. By the way, did anybody know that, that there's a regional tournament that'll be played at Butta Johnson? Two A. Mm. There's a two A Sweet 16 in an Elite Eight that'll be played at Butta Johnson this week. Anyway, boys' playoffs get started in in artist. uh congratulations to anderson which won that play-in game uh to um, to advance in they knocked out dripping spring so anderson gets into that are you uh on the grid for any games this week i'll be at cedar ridge high school for mccallum first eastview
2: and okay. anderson they play stony point craig stony Point's had a really good year that's yeah, gonna be have. a really fun game to
1: watch yeah so uh that's as well and uh I'll check with Roger Wallace to see what they have. They've got a game tonight, too. I need to find out which one they've got tonight. He told me in passing, but I didn't have So there is going to be a game at uh, Televide. Buta. They're doing something with Buta Johnson, you, I believe. You may be right on that. I'll, uh, we'll find out here before we get done with that. All right, so there it is, your Flex 30 update. Upsets on the girls' side. Boys' playoffs getting underway. We'll keep you posted on all of that. Right now, it's time for a second hour Longhorn Notebook.
0: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook.
1: Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at Bowersockteam.com.
2: Now, uh, before we get to baseball, just one quick note, just want to Tell everybody, get over to Horns 24-7. We talked about the coaches getting contract extensions. Tashard Choice is one of those coaches. Mike Roach, the stampede, drops every Monday morning at 8 a.m. It's our collection of recruiting, news notes, and nuggets. Uh, Tashard Choice was a speaker at the I-20 Coaches Clinic in the Metroplex, and uh, Mike was there, so he's got tidbits from uh, what Coach Choice said, talking to some of the high school coaches, how impressed they were with everything he said, and kind of some insight into what Tashard Choice is looking for when recruiting running backs. So get over to Horns 24-7. And Check all of that out, Craig. I think we've uh, we kind of delayed the inevitable long enough talking about longhorn baseball. I don't think uh, we
1: did it intentionally, no, but, just but, had, just but it's easy different... to be out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, too.
2: and you you asked me what uh, how much I watched this weekend. Uh, the only game that I actually watched because I listened to the Arkansas game, listened to the call of that one, mm-hmm. uh, missed the Missouri game because of basketball on right. Saturday, and then watched the Vanderbilt game yesterday, yeah. okay, and uh. Kind of wish I hadn't, but yeah, Sometimes those <laughs> things, as a, as a great man once said,
1: that's the way baseball goes. Thank you, Ron Washington. Um, uh, the, the the Friday game, high quality baseball game, uh, scoreless through six innings. Lucas Gordon looked really sharp uh, through uh, through five, and and really LeBaron Johnson had a good sixth inning. It was in the seventh, back to back base hits to open the inning, and then to the bullpen, and then after that the struggles happened. After that, uh, gave up. Uh, gave up the three runs, came back with two, and then what may have been forgotten is the Longhorns had the tying and go ahead runs at second base and third base with one out in the bottom of the eighth. And he had back to back freshmen a- at the plate, and there were back to back strikeouts in the inning ended there. But Arkansas going to its closer, too, it made a big difference. It was a good ball game, uh, and the Razorbacks won that one uh, 3 to 2. Saturday, Longhorns dug themselves an early hole. Uh, Zane Morehouse struggled early then he seemed to right the ship in his last two frames. He retired the last six batters he faced uh, but then uh, the Longhorns fought back uh, tied it at five but gave up the walk off hit in the uh, bottom of the ninth in game two. And then like you said yesterday what was a meltdown. Oof. It was a yeah. meltdown And and I completely understand what David Pierce is looking at here early what he's trying to do is find out either A, combinations, and B, who is individually going to step forward at some of those positions. So you had four brand-new infielders starting yesterday. And unfortunately, it didn't work out well. There were four errors in that eight-run second inning, all eight runs unearned, five total errors in the game uh, against a good ball club that's going to make you pay otherwise. So you look at it and say uh, that's – there are things to do, and and uh, they'll work on that and get ready for the home opener tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock at UFC. Now, are you doing both? Are you going to bounce one over – I'll, I'll be at
2: baseball gonna... at least for a little bit. Like me? Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, Tom Barfield will work with me on the call. We'll do the uh, uh, probably first three, four innings, depending on how long that goes. And then I'll obviously zip across the freeway to get ready for Texas-Iowa State. And uh, Tom will finish out the call, and then Keith Moreland will uh, – Handle the post game uh, down on the field interview for us. After.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, you can you can say two things about this baseball team, and both can be true. You can understand that this thing is a work in progress, mm-hmm. and they've got youth, uh, and and it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be rough early at times. We knew the potential was there for that, so not to excuse it, but there's a reason why some of that stuff happens. And you can also say as as with as much positives as you wanted to take away from Friday and Saturday, Sunday was just bad baseball. And I, you know, five errors and, and everything else. I, I felt really bad for Travis Daly because mm-hmm. there were situations where he I and he did his job. Two outs and, and runners on base, or, or one out and runners on base. You, you all you can ask of your pitcher, hey, just induce a ground ball, let your defense work. And, and he did that on multiple occasions. Defense didn't back him up, and, and everything got away in that one inning. I was thinking about this uh, Saturday, Craig, after the Missouri game, just going back and following box scores and seeing how that thing unfolded it just seemed like some of the things we saw last year with this team when they would lose like j- just the uh, giving up the big inning and then the inability to get one yourself yep that was kind of the story of the first two games uh and they had chances i mean like you, you just laid out they had chances in, in both games uh to break through but there's big innings and then there's what we saw
1: yesterday yeah yeah,
2: where it's just you're pretty much out of it
1: and, at that point, and that's where you use the non-conference portion of the season the, to try to figure out where you are with things. Texas A&M Corpus Christi comes in tomorrow, then Indiana over the weekend. So yeah, there's there's going to be that that they're gonna that they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to deal with. Uh, hey, I wanted to get to a uh, text. Uh, and this wasn't on the uh, Specs text line. It was from our good friend Mark Rosner. who uh, The great uh, the great Mark covers Rosner. He said, hey guys, I enjoyed the conversation about the late game last shots. He said, my own observation is that some coaches decide based on whether they have an experienced guard they trust to make the right decision and play without a timeout. On the Mouton shot in Lubbock, if I recall correctly, there was no time to dribble. They had a pass to midcourt, call timeout, brilliant play. They used cross-court, inbounds to time. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, Roz was there that night. I was there It's right. There was no dribble. It was a cross-court pass to time. Boom, call timeout, then set it up for that. And and it is kind of long, along the lines of what Roz was just saying there. You know, if you got an experienced guard, and, and Rodney Terry pointed that out on the postgame yeah. interview when he said no, did not want to call timeout, uh, Oklahoma had no timeouts left, not give them a chance to set up anything. Inbound and go. That's why I said credit Oklahoma for doing an excellent job of marginalizing uh, Marcus Carr down into the corner where he didn't get a really good look, a really clean look. The old school in me says get it to the front court, call a timeout. It would have, it, you know, three dribbles, you may be able to get it across midcourt and still have at least three seconds. It was 6.8 when it went in. So you might have, th- you know, three almost four full seconds to get it in the front court, then use a timeout. There were two timeouts remaining there. But I think Rodney liked the idea of get it in the hands of our best player, most experienced guard, let him see if he can get a quality shot. And then that's where you tip your cap to Oklahoma – for walling it off to where he didn't have a good look there. Cause you think probably he can get in the front court with his dribble, cut inside, and have a good shot at the basket. They didn't allow him that alley, that pad mm-hmm. to the bucket. So uh, good Jab- point.
2: Jabari Rice probably Big Twelve newcomer of the week again this week.
1: Uh if it's not Grady Dick. True, yeah. He had two huge games. True. Yeah, and and um you know, I look at all those numbers on that because I vote on those awards as well. And, like, for example, in Lubbock, Jabari had eight points. And then he had 24 in the big one. Grady Dick had, like, a 26 and a 17 or something. And both were wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, those are the – I'm just guessing based on how the, the voting – Populous goes on right. those sorts of things that, that that I think they look at a variety of things. Uh, how many games did the team win or lose during the week? And what was the player's impact on those games? There's no question that he had a, a gigantic impact in the Saturday win uh, for Texas uh, over Oklahoma. And let's th- the same thing goes through with player of the week and newcomer of the week in basketball. And in baseball, it's player of the week, newcomer of the week, and pitcher of the week. So there's three there's three awards that go out weekly in baseball, a- as well. So um, so there's you know that on all of that, um, and, and we've talked about this, and we'll we'll talk more about it. Uh, Rodney Terry's got a media availability day, an in person media availability day. Done is it twelve thirty? Uh, yeah, twelve thirty. Yeah. Are you going over, or is the uh, you know, horns twenty four seven crew got that covered?
2: No, I'm. I've got to write hoops today, and I've yeah. pretty much got what I need from yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, okay. The only thing I would ask RT if I went, and yeah. I don't know if it's uncouth to ask at this point, you know, the mm-hmm. Caleb Grill, Dylan Mitchell deal from Ames. Did he talk to the league about it? Uh, did it, did it, he and TJ have a conversation? Uh, yeah. Because I think we all saw after the fact, it, yeah. at least I after the fact, Yeah. it was much worse than what I initially yeah, thought.
1: Yeah, I can tell you this much. I know he had a conversation with the league about it. That I know. Yeah. In fact, he had a conversation with the league about it right after the game. <laughs> he was he was he wasn't he wasn't happy about it, obviously at the time, with good reason. Um, you know, uh the 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 Iowa State team is a little bit different than the one that beat Texas back on January eighteenth. They got Jazz Coons back. Uh, another guy who can blur the line of a of a clean foul. You know, that 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 kind of thing. Why do I
2: feel like Caleb Grill's gonna catch all kinds of hell tomorrow from the from the corral?
1: That, you know what? It's funny you say that. At Pluckers last week during Rodney's show, and of course each week we profile a student ambassador from the corral. Mm-hmm. and the student who was with us last week was talking about how they like to get on the other team, blah blah blah. It was it was uh, our guy Mom, and, uh Ahmed, who's who's we done two years in a row, and he's a great guy. And he was talking about, and somebody hollered out one of the students because they have a big contingency that shows up at pluckers. Mm-hmm. That showed up and uh, and said Caleb Grill, and he goes, <laughs> Yeah, Caleb Grill next week. <laughs> so I think you're right. I think they'll be on Caleb Grill, uh, and and of course where those guys are situated, they're not far from. The Cyclone bench. Yeah, you
2: know, I, that's, but that's what a home court
1: advantage is That's about. one of the
2: things I'm writing today. Like, it, it, it makes such a difference when you've got the students just right on top of the opposing bench. And, and it it's a different – I know it's a much better basketball arena than the Irwin Center was. And we can go through all the differences, but the environment created yeah, by physical the Physical structure,
1: yes, but more than By the students the being
2: that close yeah. to the court and the energy just kind of goes
1: up. Yep.
2: Whereas at the times I felt like in the Irwin Center, it was coming down from the mezzanine to yeah. the court and then – yeah, you know, filling out from there. <laughs> yeah, it was man. It's just, I I asked Rodney about it after the game on Saturday. He said, "Well, he's like You're spot on. He's like we actually have a a home court advantage now, mm-hmm. and it's it's totally and Rodney coached enough games in the Irwin Center to know what what that's like and what it's not like. This is a totally different deal
1: at the Irwin Center. to To be fair to that physical structure, which was built in 1977, if you had a full house. That's a big if, 16700 mm-hmm. If you had a full house in a high-profile game, it could be really noisy. Oh yeah, It could be. But those situations were few and far between. It just that didn't happen That might be happen once often. or twice a year. Yeah. It just didn't happen often. Like a North Carolina or a Michigan yeah. State comes in or, or Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, A&M on a game. Maybe a select in. Oklahoma game. Yeah. Right? It just didn't happen often. Here, it's been every game. Every game to have the students there and have it have that lower level filled like that. Now, I did see, it's the first time I can remember this season, that the upper corral wasn't filled in that walkway, standing mm-hmm. uh, room area. That was the first time I said where it wasn't completely filled. Uh, but I bet you it will be tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, Obviously, it will be for the final home game against Kansas. So uh, that those are things to, to, to keep in mind. It, it has become a, a great home court environment. And I will tell you this, my Big 12 play-by-play brethren, that, 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 you know, as Rod Babers likes to say, the secret society of play by play. There's nothing secret about us. Yeah, there is. Crazy hate, hate to Craig's tell down you. This. hate to tell you. There's nothing secret about Should us. wait till
2: Kansas City, in the Big 12 tournament, when they have their annual meeting.
1: Which, which I have missed the last two years because of baseball. Uh, oh. <laughs> they're going to kick you out well, not, well they're, actually
2: they're, conference it, realignment's going to kick you out yes again. it is
1: and it's funny you <laughs> mentioned I've got, I've got another I thought on it. I'll get to uh, but all of the big 12 guys who have come in Toby Rowland of OU the latest to tell me he said it was amazing he was amazed by everything he saw them but just about everybody who has come in has said they've been amazed by what they've seen uh, at Moody Center now to uh, your yes are they going to eliminate you and yeah. T-Roll like mafia style well it's interesting you bring that up <laughs> Toby and I both both have missed it the last two years because of baseball conflicts. And we're missing it again yeah. this year. So this will be the third straight year that we will have missed the dinner because we have a baseball game. And, and I'm doing the Tuesday night game against Sam Houston State. Uh, that week with Ty Harrington. Oh no, no, no I, I think Ty's working. I am going up Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, because you want to be in place just in case. You know, I mean, well, the men will play on Thursday, yeah. and if 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 they win, end up winning the regular season, they're playing early in the day. You know, in that one, four, five, eight side of the bracket. So you want to make sure you're going to go up. So I, I will go up on Wednesday, and uh, and and so I'm going to miss the Tuesday games. I'm going to miss the Tuesday night dinner. Uh, where we all get together, the Big Twelve guys, and take that picture, and Toby and the I on Saturday made a pact. I said to him, "Next year, next year, we need to go. Even if there's a baseball game, we'll get we'll line up a substitute for the last time. Yeah, we're got, we're both going to miss it this year, but next year, uh, even if there's a, you know, even even if there's a baseball game, we need to go up on Tuesday and be there for that dinner for the last." Time. And then they'll, you
2: know, they'll take you, drive you over to the Kansas side, and find a cornfield somewhere, and
1: we'll dispose of tex- us in the tex- Missouri River.
2: Texas and OU will suddenly need play-by-play guys. They'll for, just uh, be gone. Uh, tournament games.
1: We will be cremated and and, and <laughs> deposited into the Missouri River. Is that what you're saying? I don't think you'll be that lucky at uh, that point. Craig. Yeah, they'll just dump us into the Missouri. Concrete River. boots and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Understand. All <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll be back to. Uh, to wrap up, hey, somebody pointed out, hey, uh, Parker said uh, UConn in 2009-2010 was rocking hard. It was when UConn was here. I remember that. It was. It was, it was really cool. All right. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.91019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Um, we get ready to wrap it up, and before we do that, uh, there's some other news that we uh, need to pass along. Uh, legendary businessman Red McCombs has passed away at the age of 95, driving sports, uh, force, obviously, to bring the Spurs to San Antonio and the NBA uh, um, and uh, own the franchise for years. Obviously, impact he had at the University of Texas. No question. Uh, the McCombs School of Business, uh, Red and Charlie McCombs uh, Field, the uh, stadium, the softball uh, complex, a uh, big benefactor there. And uh, his family released the statement saying the entire McCombs family is heartbroken to announce that our father, grandfather, and great grandfather, Red McCombs, passed away yesterday as he drew his last breath peacefully at home. He was surrounded by family who loved and adored him. Red was a visionary entrepreneur who touched many lives and impacted our community in immeasurable ways. But to us, he was first and always foremost dad or pop-pop. We mourn the loss of a Texas icon. And he was that. No question. definitely all of that. All right. Uh, we're done for this afternoon's or today's program. It's about to be afternoon. Uh, Chad and Zay will be up next. More on that. And uh, then uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for a man behind the glass, our producer, Cam Parker. And for my co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig White. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on Light the Tower.